I am now going to speak with Kathy Hochul. She is New York's governor. She filled in for, you should excuse the expression, Andrew Cuomo. She is now up as the busiest woman in New York to run for a full term as governor of the state of New York. And she is on the phone with me now. Governor Hochul, I happen to know that she's no shrinking violet. She's not a second-hand rose. She's tighter than a Lego block. And don't call her simple. She's tough. What was like life like growing up? Tell me. Well, Cindy, thanks for having me on this show. I always enjoy our conversations. But, you know, it wasn't easy, but life isn't easy for a lot of people. My parents started out married life in a trailer park when my dad worked at the steel plant and went to school and had a baby there. And I was the next baby to come along a short time later. You know, it was a rough kind of town, Lackawanna, New York, where they make steel. And the air was always polluted and kind of covered with orange clouds and the lake was polluted. So, you know, growing up in Buffalo area, you know, it was a little rough early on. But then, you know, my parents were able to have jobs and opportunities and life got easier. But, you know, we were always conscious of looking out for people with less. And that's how I was raised to no matter how little we had, we bought our clothes at used clothing stores. And we were always sharing, you know, holiday dinners with people who were underserved and going into the hardest hit neighborhoods to bring them Whatever they were your parents to. tough? Were they tough? Did you learn tough? I learned. Oh, of course I did. Yeah, they were. They had to be tough to grow up in that environment with, you know, six rambunctious kids. Uh, yeah, no doubt about it. My, my mother had a, uh, I would have to say, a miserable childhood. You know, abandoned by a father and mother, single mom raising her at a time when, you know, young girl going to a Catholic school. I mean, you're really ostracized. So. She ended up uh, really using that experience to be very empathetic. And so I learned a lot of empathy and love and compassion from my mom. But my dad, you know, grew up in an immigrant family, worked at the steel plant. You know, I learned I learned how to be able to be rough and tumble from him. And so the combination, the toughness and the empathy really created the person I am today. So I, I owe a lot to my upbringing. Okay. So how did social work or political work, how did that come about? How did you start that? Well, as a child, my parents were always having us involved in important causes. And as I said, we were helping out people that were homeless and were poor. And then we I did a march on hunger when I was 13 and got involved in uh, you know, political activism in high school. I joined a, a political program where we had internships and I went down to Democratic headquarters. And that was a time when a guy named Tim Russert worked there as a young staffer. We worked to elect Senator Moynihan back in 76. So I just, you know, I, I introduced myself to that world and I didn't really have any role models. There were no women elected officials that I knew of at the time or very few. And my parents weren't politically involved, but they were very much socially involved in solving the problems of the day. It was a I would call it a social justice Catholic upbringing where we were taught to, you know, live what we learned, you know, the, through the teachings of Christ. And that means taking care of people who have needs and caring about others. So that's just how I was raised. And for me, my political activism as a young person and ultimately running for office really is an extension of all those values that I learned in that kind of household and in, in those communities. So tell me about the nuns. Were they tough, too? 
Oh yeah, <laughs> but, you know, I was just a kid, and I yeah, you know, I, was, I was just trying to get attention in school, and sometimes I talk to the kids sitting next to me. Wham! You got your knuckles wrapped with a ruler. I still swear I have bruises from those experiences, <laughs> but you know, and I my parents ended up taking me out of uh, the Catholic grade school. I think in sixth grade because I think the nuns were just done with me. <laughs> but so I was a little rebellious. Uh, you know, I didn't want to have to sit still and listen to a lot of people. So I still have that streak in me. You know, I want to do things my way. <laughs> so, uh, so it was, you know, but they, I, they taught me respect and values and I, I, I cherish the, the good ones I had. Some were probably tougher than necessary, but everybody has their, their scary nun story, but uh, that shouldn't overshadow the, the vast, vast majority who are okay, very you caring. look pretty good. I have seen you at every sort of function and you look pretty good. Were you good looking growing up? Heck no. <laughs> I never never uh you know turned I never turned ahead, I'll tell you right now. I was very plain in high school, you know, crooked teeth. My parents couldn't afford braces and every teenager's pretty pimply and you know, no one taught me how to do makeup or my hair. So I walked around in like, you know, a pair of jeans and a sweatshirt most of the time and you know, my mom was trying to get me to wear makeup when I went off to college. I was like, no, I don't need that. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to look good. I'm just trying to be who I am. So I didn't, you know, believe me, I didn't have a lot of dates. I spent most of high school babysitting my little siblings or other people. And then I got a great job uh, working at a pizzeria every day after school from about 4 o'clock to 11 on school nights. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't have time for all the fun social things and you know, cheerleading and all the things that the popular girls did. I was just, you know, kid going in my job and making the best pizzas and chicken wings I could. So, you know, it was a tough boss. I think uh, I told you about how when I wanted yeah. to graduate from high school, he said, piss on your graduation. If you don't show up for work, you're fired. I have been no, with this nice. guy every day since high school started. So, you know, this interesting experience. Listen, honey, it's good training for New York. Did you think it? <laughs> did you think it might be as tough and rough as it is getting here, as our politics have become? They are pretty tough, Cindy, and I want to make sure that other women see that I can govern successfully with strength. And and you know, people have said I have I'm a, an iron fist in a velvet glove, and you want me to keep that glove on, but if I take it off, you know. I'm pretty pretty tough, and then we had to demonstrate that with the budget and other challenges I've come through, and that's all right. Let people learn who they're dealing with, but I don't make it personal. You know, you know, if we have to go at each other on an issue today, you know, we can be allies tomorrow, and that's just a way. I'm not going to hold a grudge a long time. I am Irish, and they say uh, Irish Alzheimer's is you forget everything except the grudge. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, know. I know that. Listen, how do you handle... I mean, we all have lousy days. How do you handle the lousy days? You go back and hit your husband? How do you handle when everybody is knocking you? I mean, how? <laughs> That's an excellent question. I've kind of had to deal with that a lot lately. But, uh, you know, Cindy, I know people are watching me. I, I know women are watching to see how it's done. I know people are questioning whether or not a woman's got what it takes to govern such a a complicated, you know, tough and rough state. And I have to show them that I can. I have to show them that nothing bothers me. You know, I find out about 
you know, losing a lieutenant governor in the next five minutes, I'm finding out about a, a subway shooter in Brooklyn. Well, I can compartmentalize. I say I'll deal with one later. Right now I have to get to Brooklyn and let people know we're on this, we're looking for this guy, and we're going to continue keeping our subways safe. So I know where I need to go. I intuitively know what I have to do, and I don't get bogged down and feeling sorry for myself or, oh, this is a tough day. Cindy, I'll tell you right now, there are – thousands and millions of New Yorkers who have a tougher day than I do every day with their existence. You know, they have hard jobs and they have long commutes and they have abusive homes sometimes. And I am blessed to have the family and support I have. So what might look like a rough day for me, believe me, I can handle it. I mean, you're making it seem like it's we're all singing carols. I just don't know how you handle, seriously, the lousy days. When you came over to my home one day, you were perfect. Every hair was in place. There wasn't a crease on your dress. No, nothing on a schmata, no stain. How do you do that? You'd been out all day. <laughs> I am not perfect. And I'll tell you, uh, at a low point in the day a couple of days ago, I ordered up a couple chocolate chip cookies, and I felt a lot better. <laughs> so I, I, I have my moments of weakness, but... I, I I can't wallow in it. I mean, I just have to say, you know, move on to the next challenge. I mean, I just worked in Mount Vernon. I just came from Mount Vernon, you know, this afternoon. And this community was so devastated by the fact that no one had invested in their sewer systems. People had crap and disgusting things coming up through their toilets every day of the week. They couldn't flush certain times of the day. That was horrible. And I went in that community today, and I gave them hope. And the people were weeping because they knew they finally had a governor who cared about them. I can get through any bad day if I know I can also turn it around and help somebody. And I did that when I went to the hospital the other night and sat with a a weeping Chinese mother whose son had been shot by the subway shooter. And she didn't know if he was going to survive. She was all alone in the waiting room. And we hugged each other, and she cried and cried. And to a translator, I heard that she'd also lost her job as a home health care aide. Cindy, I just got word today that to our efforts, she's got a new job. And that's just over the last two days. That is a good day for me. And if I can do that for New Yorkers in small ways and big ways, <laughs> I, I am so grateful to have this. It, that's what keeps me going, knowing I can do good for people. And that's it's really that simple. Okay. I mean, I'm listening to you. It sounds all wonderful. Would you do it again? Oh, absolutely. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to run for election and get elected. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay as long as the voters will have me. This is a privilege I'm energized by the people I meet and the chance to represent a fascinating place like New York and New York City. I spend uh, about five nights a week in a hotel in New York, and I get to know all the staff there and the workers. They're my friends now. I walk the streets. I was in a diner last night or the night before. I get to know. I go back and talk to people in the kitchen. Uh, I, I embrace this. I love this. Nothing like it. Okay. How do you manage to look so good? How do you manage not to have dirt on your dress how do you manage to get your hair done and your eyelashes curled how i do it all myself i get up i you know plug in the electric curlers brush out my hair throw in some curlers sit there and do makeup i'm usually on a staff call when i'm putting on the makeup i'm multitasking i make sure i call my husband so he doesn't think i forgot him so i don't see him as much as i like but as far as clean clothes i gotta tell you this story uh, before I went to Mount Vernon, I stopped by to meet the borough president in the Bronx. I said to uh, Vanessa Gibson, I've got a little time. Let's meet in a diner. Well, lo and behold, I'm wearing this brand-new blouse, and I got butter from my English muffin on the front of the blouse. So I'm not as classy as I look. Luckily, because I was heading back to Albany, I had spare clothes in the truck. I had to go down and get a new blouse and put it on so nobody knew the difference. So, Cindy, what do you mean in your truck? Wait, 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 wait. What? What, well, what do you mean? You have a clothes have closet in the truck? 
No, no, only because I was heading off to Albany. I'd have to like I was, you know, I was in. I'm heading. I, I arrived in Albany, so that's where I am now. I was in New York City this morning. I was in the Bronx. I was in Westchester. You know, so so I travel all over, and uh, I, you know, I, my suitcases were there because I was checking out of the hotel. So thank God, I'm thinking maybe I better always carry spare clothes because I do drop stuff. I, I, you know, I dropped butter on the front of my blouse. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not perfect. <laughs> what would you like to say to the voters? Because I love you. I'm voting for you. I'm your friend. What would you like to say to the voters who don't know you, Kathy? Tell them I am so honored to be the governor. I'm humbled by it. I know I have a lot to prove. A lot of people don't know me. They're just getting used to me, and I want them to give me a chance. I want them to prove the kind of person I am. You know, I'm as tough as I need to be, but I have a heart of gold because I really care about taking care of people. And so I'm just, I just want them to know I'm going to fight like hell for them every single day. It's what I'm hardwired to do. And I'm just getting warmed up. We have so much more to do, and we have a great budget to talk about. I'm going to travel the state. I'm finally liberated from a month in lockdown in Albany. Right? You know, the the budget, a lot of people said, yeah, I don't think she can get it done. It's too complicated. She'll never get all those public safety and bail reform things done. And, well, guess what, Cindy? We did. I, the budget was a little late, but I said, I'm not leaving here until we get this done, and I got it done. So, you know what? People underestimate me. That's all right. They have all my life, and uh, you know, I'm just going to try and let them know that uh, I'm here for them. I, I, I take this job very seriously. Okay. You were just saying about the budget. You brought up the budget. Does that mean do, are we getting more taxes? Oh, yeah. You're getting a you – know, we have property tax rebates going back $2.1 billion. I have a middle-class tax cut uh, starting this year, $1.2 billion. I suspended the gas tax from now, not till a couple of weeks, but through the end of the year because of the high cost of gas. We were very intentional in, first of all, not raising taxes because I know a lot of people thought we would and they wanted us to, and I'm not doing that. We tax people enough. But then I said, we have a surplus this year. Why don't we put some of this money back in people's pockets, especially when inflation is just really just emptying out their pockets. I mean, how, how do people get ahead? So, yeah, we're, we've got more money coming back, but record investments and things like child care. I had to leave the job I had with Senator Moynihan because I didn't have a babysitter. I didn't have to watch my kids. So we're investing in child care and better education because so we get more outcomes from our investments in kids and um, infrastructure. I love building. I'm, I, don't, I had Legos when I was little. I love building, and I'm going to be putting up. I'm redoing Penn Station because Penn Station is a hellhole, and no one should have to commute like that every day. How Why is it called Penn Station if it's New York? Well, my question exactly, Cindy. Well, you and I have to come up with a better name for that because I know it's <laughs> traditional. But excuse me, that is Pennsylvania. We are New York, so I don't know. We'll have to figure that one out. <laughs> okay. 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 I just think that you are terrific, and I would like to know how you do your hair color while you're busy running the government, because I can't get mine done. (laughs) I I do have a friend who comes in sometimes at 6 in the morning, and uh, she'll do touch-ups when I need it. But, uh, you know, my mother had care that stayed uh, not gray for a long time, so I don't have to do much in that front, luckily. So. Uh, And I just just try to keep it together, try to feel in the course of one day, like yesterday, I was at a construction site when they did 270 Park Avenue, uh, the new yeah, headquarters yeah, of J.P. Yeah, Morgan yeah. Chase. Fantastic, unbelievable project. And we can do that with all of Midtown. We can do these you know, deconstructions, they call it, where they 
tear down the building while it's still standing there and build it even higher. So I think that's the future of, uh, of Midtown. I really do. So I went to a construction site. You know, then I went to a Passover event to uh, do food distribution in uh, the community. I helped people load up their bags and helped them I made some uh, some you know, helped them make some food to hand out to folks. And then I then I went to the LB, LGBTQ gala at night. So I had to do like four clothing changes in the course of a day. So that's probably the complicated part. Why I can do the government. I understand it. I've got this. But uh, the challenge might be figuring out like, okay, you're starting out the day at a construction site. You're going to end up at a gala. How are you going to pull this one off? So so it's it's all right. it's all part of the so job. So how I'm, did I'm, you I'm, do I'm, it? How did I you just, do? Did you have schmatas in your car? How did you do it? Yeah, yeah I brought clothes with me, and I changed in restrooms. That's usually me behind the door <laughs> changing to something else. <laughs> I've even changed in my truck when I get desperate. I throw everybody out and say, luckily the windows are tinted, so that works out. <laughs> Listen, I think you're great, and I thank you for coming on, and I know you have someplace else to go. And you know, the, 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 the listeners do not know that I was planning a nice party for Governor Hochul on the 28th. Our our pandemic has sort of made it not possible. I just want to know that we were giving a party for you, Kathy. Taking a rain check, Cindy. You're still going to make it happen. Okay. I'm there for All you, right. honey. Thank All right. you. Thank, thank you, my you, friend. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.